Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. WBT, Brett Jensen here with you on this Tuesday edition of Breaking with Brett Jensen. We're going up until 8 o'clock tonight, 704-570-1110, as always, is the telephone number, and you guys may want to call tonight. And also, guys, don't forget to follow me on X at Brett underscore Jensen for all the latest of breaking news in and around the Charlotte area. And here's the thing. If you've been following me on X, you would know about the major... A uh, piece of information that I dropped out there earlier this afternoon. I hinted at it earlier this morning on Bo and Beth, and I hinted on this particular topic last week when I sat down with Dr. Crystal Hill, the CMS superintendent. And I said, hey, you've had about a dozen people quit in the finance department. I said 12 or 13. And she said, oh, I don't think it's that many. I'm like, yeah, no, I got spreadsheets. I got spreadsheets. And it's one of those things, and I will tell you this. I almost never, ever, ever, ever use notes when I'm doing an interview. I generally go into an interview with two or three questions, maybe two questions, no more than three, that I know I want to ask. And if I know I'm talking to someone for 10, 15 minutes, then what I'll do is my questions will a lot of times feed off of their answers. Because I want to make sure I'm listening because there's nothing to me more, more annoying and more unprofessional 60 Minutes is really bad at this. T- local TV reporters are really bad at this. They're sitting there interviewing someone. They're sitting down at a table or wherever across from each other in a couple of chairs. And the reporter has a notepad full of notes. And so while their subject that they're interviewing is given the answer, the reporter's not looking at the subject. They're looking at their notes, or like almost not even paying attention to what the person's actually saying. So I almost never, ever, ever take notes. And full disclosure, in the first thing, I took, uh, I left my notes in the car the first day that I uh, spoke with Dr. Crystal Hill. And the second day, I think I brought in things, but I never even looked at them. Like, I didn't even look at my notes. And I'm usually really good at stuff like that in terms of remembering what I wanted to ask. And there was something that I completely forgot to ask. I started it when I said, let's talk about your finance department. You know, you've got a lot of people that have quit since Kelly Klutz took over in July. I think it's about 12 or 13. And then Crystal Hill, Dr. Crystal Hill said, I don't think it's that many. I said, no, no, it is. I've got spreadsheets. And instead of saying, what's the problem? Is the problem the chief financial officer that you handpicked from Cabarrus County Schools, that you brought with you from Cabarrus County Schools, who has no, uh, no background in dealing with this size of employment and everything that goes on with it? Or is it the 13 people who quit's fault? Like, who's to blame here? 
Because 13 people who've been here for two years, up to 20 years, 25 years, have quit. The singular entity is Chief Financial Officer Kelly Klutz, who you specifically handpicked and brought in as your CFO. Like, there's a disconnect somewhere. Are all 14 people with different personalities and different individuals and at different levels of employment to blame? Or is the one singular person to blame? Like, what changed? The one person changed. Okay, here's question number two. Did these people need needed to be ran out? Did Well, I would hazard a guess that the previous chief financial officer, Sheila Shirley, no, no. Those people were there, again, when you have people there for over 10 and 15 years, you have some high-level people, you have some low-level people. You're telling me all of them needed to be gone? Gone. And I was told, through the grapevine, uh, what, one or two boards ago, because you had this new election this past November and then the other election November before that. So it's either one or two boards ago. Not this board, but either the previous board or the board before that. Um, multiple people told me that Crystal Hill, one of the first things she wanted to do was bring in a new chief financial officer. Well, they're acquaintances. And what happens? That woman makes more money than she's ever made in her entire life as the new CFO of CMS. It's over 200 k and I can get the exact numbers, but I mean, I, I know it's over 200K because all her cabinet makes over 200K. And she's part of the cabinet. But the problem is this. Is it the person that you brought in or is it all 14 people? So here's a way it goes. And because and, sometimes titles can be confusing. For example, an executive assistant. That's just another term for secretary. We used the word secretary in the 70s, the 80s, the 90s, and we started changing around 2000. We called them executive assistants. Executive directors, those are like second in charge, like the VPs, if you will. So you've got Kelly Klutz, the chief, chief financial officer. And then below her, you've got a couple of executive directors like senior vice presidents to put it in corporate world, executive senior vice presidents. And then below them, so you've got chief, executive directors, directors, and then below that, support staff that are tend to be more hourly as opposed to salary. Well, I'm just going to give you a list of everyone that has quit. I have, I have the names. And I'm not going to reveal the names because some accountant didn't ask for their name to be put out there. Like, this isn't even anything to do with academics. Like, this isn't finance. The exact same department that made national news by issuing every English teacher in high school a major bonus. I want to say like 1700 bucks or something like that. And then they're trying to figure out tonight, how are they going to get it back, if at all? Are they going to go to every single teacher? Yeah, you're going to have to pay that $1,700 back. Here's another question. And I, this was brought up to me this morning, and I thought it was a brilliant question. Hey, we're going to give you a bonus of $1,700. You're going to have to pay taxes on that. 
So are you paying back the $1,700 or are you paying back the amount after taxes? Because you've already been taxed on it. So like, what do we, so you would actually lose money if you had to give back the $1,700. Because you've already been taxed on it. You, you would actually, CMS would, like, you as a person would lose money on that. Because you maybe only got, say, $1,400 after taxes, but now you're giving back $1,700? Okay. So anyways, but I chose not to put the people's name out there. So here's the brief rundown of the 14 people. Oh, by the way, well, I'll, I'll get into that as I read the list. Auditor. Workforce management, budget analyst, budget assistant, director of accounting, director of accounts payable, two executive directors of accounting. The most recent one quit the day after my interview with Dr. Crystal Hill when I brought up this department. And the one that quit lasted a month before they were like, we're out. We are so out of here. Gone. See you bye. They've lost two accountants, an assistant finance officer, an executive director of budget, and two payroll analysts. And then they made national news by paying out all these extra, these English teachers, all this extra bonus money from high schools. So now here's the decision that CMS is going to have to try and make. Most people believe that they're just going to have to get the money back and the teachers are just going to have to repay the money. Okay. But what happens if they try to, you know, CMS says, well, you know, we made a mistake. It would be really good PR if we just let them keep the money. First of all, you've got to figure out a legal loophole to do that, especially if it's federal or state money that was coming in. Now, if it's out of your own budget, it's a different story. But here's the question. How are you going to explain to the math teachers, the science teachers, the history teachers, the computer teachers, the theater teachers, the PE teachers, if they still have PE in high school? I don't even know if they have that anymore, to be honest with you. How are you going to explain all that? Your Spanish teachers, French teachers, sorry, you guys don't get a bonus. Only the English teachers do because we screwed up. Sorry, you don't get $1,700 extra in your paycheck. So the question is, how are they going to go about doing it? I, I, I don't know this for a fact. My guess is the board went into closed session today to talk about this very topic. I don't know. There are questions. Can they do it legally? Can they afford to do it? And if they can do it legally, and they can afford to do it, are they going to do it for everyone? What about 8th grade English teachers? Do they not count? Middle school English teachers, do they not count? How's that finance department looking for you right now? And then you have people in there telling me that Kelly Klutz brought in people, the chief financial officer, brought in people, or one or two people, that were making more than people who had been there for 20 years at the exact same positions, basically. Or, ex- or I should say at the exact same level. At the exact same level. Coming in, making more money. Not more than all, but more than some for the same level. 
with way less experience. And I approached that subject with Dr. Hill last week, and she wasn't aware of it. No, look, I don't expect her to know the salary of 25,000 employees. But I think it's something they got to take a look at. And maybe tomorrow I'll just start putting out all the salaries of all the new people compared to the old people that have been there for it. Because I got all the salaries. I got all that. Like, I wasn't joking when I said I had the spreadsheets. So maybe we'll, maybe we'll put that out tomorrow. And that's why I highly recommend you follow me on X at Brett underscore Jensen. All right, when we return, let's get into a couple other things. If you want to call about CMS, feel free, 704-570-1110. I'm Brett Jensen, and you're listening to Breaking with Brett Jensen. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Welcome back to Breaking with Brett Jensen. Only have a couple minutes here because I went so long during the first break. You guys want to call 704-570-1110. And again, I, I tell you all the time, follow me on X at Brett underscore Jensen for all the latest breaking news in and around the Charlotte area. Because it's not just CMS where I got a, you know, a myriad of sources. And I think, you know, so we can get that out. We can get you a lot of information from a lot of different places, including outside of Charlotte as well. So we've got the polls going on tonight. Right now, let me look, tell you what's going on as I'm just looking at the news. Um, according to Fox News, six or 7% of the New Hampshire primary is in. The polls close at 8, but apparently some of them have already started like sending in results. Trump is at 53.1%. Nikki Haley at 46.6%. Okay, there we go. 528 to 46.6%. And that's with um, 8% in, that just that number just like popped up there. So, yeah, 52.8 to 46.6. What does that tell you? And by the way, the last polls closed in 33 minutes. But what does that number tell you about 52.8? Okay, we'll say 51 to 46.5, 47. What does that tell you? That tells you there are a lot of people out there who don't want Trump as your president. A lot of Republicans that don't want Trump as president. Is he going to win? Yes. Yes, he's going to win the Republican primary unless something catastrophic happens to him between now and, like, say, November. Because even though if he were to win all the primaries, guess what? doesn't matter. You know what matters? Your electoral college. The state delegates. That's what matters. They could, Trump could win North Carolina, and the North Carolina GOP people could go, Mr. Speaker, North Carolina puts forth its 22 votes towards Nikki Haley. Like, they actually have the ability to do that. It's not wise, but you can do it. And many people think that's what might happen with Joe Biden, that even though he's going to be the, you know, unopposed Democrat person in the, you know, lead through the primaries and everything, that if something goes really, really bad, that they may just say, Mr. Speaker or Madam Speaker, the state of uh, California gives all its electoral votes to uh, Gavin Newsom or whatever. So there's a lot of different possibilities going on. But right now, 8% of New Hampshire is in and Trump at 52.5. 
Nikki Haley at 46.9. Welcome back to Breaking with Brett Jensen. Brett Jensen here with you going up until 8 o'clock. About 24 more minutes. 704-570-1110. And guys, Brett underscore Jensen is where to follow me on X. All right, so I need to amend something. And while I know sports inside and out and all the rules, and that is true, like pretty much every sport, I know every rule and pretty much knew all the rules verbatim by the time I was like 15 years old because I would study that. Not I wouldn't study my English test, but I would study the rule books. Like I would get rule books for Christmas. Like that's how warped I was. And so, and there would be sports reporters who'd say, oh, what's the rule? I don't know. Ask Brett. I just know the rules for all the different sports. Politics for me and all the inner workings, it's a little different. So I do need to clarify something because I made a mistake last, last segment. When talking about the delegates and who they can vote for and who they can't vote for and stuff like that. So this came from an actual North Carolina delegate listening to the show. Person said this, at the convention, North Carolina delegates are bound by law to vote for the candidate they were sent to represent. Delegates are proportionate to the actual vote. So if Trump gets 70% of the vote, he will get 70% of the delegates at the convention. If DeSantis gets 10%, He will get 10% of the delegates, even though he has suspended his campaign. We cannot change our votes unless no one gets the minimum required to get the nomination. And then on the third round of voting, we are free to vote how we want. But the first two rounds of voting, we are bound to vote for the candidate we were sent to the convention to vote for. And then they said... I am pretty sure that we are bound in some way to the election results, meaning other states. We signed a letter from the RNC, Republican National Convention, before or committee, before we are seated as a delegate, uh, as a delegate. Some states are winners take all, and they do not split their delegates. North Carolina will split their delegates based on the percentage. So I actually had a delegate listening, and that's awesome. I I just, I did not know that. But I do know that they were talking about how if Biden goes down, let's say, you know, something happens with Hunter Biden or his mental capacity deteriorates even further than what it already has, or his physical capabilities deteriorate even further than they already have, that I know the talk has been that at the Democrat National Convention, People may start saying, oh, no, we want this and we want that. And I don't know. And I remember, was it too long ago? Like within my lifetime, but I don't remember when. Um, or maybe it was maybe just before my lifetime, but I don't think it was. That there was a big stink and brouhaha among the Democrat delegates on who was getting votes, who wasn't getting votes. And like it was a whole thing. And it nearly caused the Democrat Party to go into disarray. And I don't remember what year that was. And I don't mean like recently since 2000 or anything like that. It may have been in the 70s um, or even early 60s. 
but um, but yeah, or excuse me, late sixties um, when Richard Nixon was running and LBJ opted not to. So, but anyways, uh, that that is interesting. So, I always like the information. Like if I say something that is factually wrong, not opinion wrong, but factually wrong, I, I'm always whether it's sports or politics or news or whatever. I'm glad that when you guys reach out to me, because I've always said that, like, even when I was doing sports and had my sports show on FNZ, and I hit number one in the market in my time slot from 10 to noon, it was always, if I say something that is factually wrong, please correct me. Now, we're all wrong with our opinions, all of us, our opinions and predictions. Does it mean that if I say something that is opinion-based, like say, well, it's it's supported by some stuff, but it's still more opinion than factual. Then at that point, at that point, things change. But when I said it, I truly believed it. Now I may have been 100% dead wrong, and it may turn out wrong. But when I said it, I believed it at the time. So I appreciate people. Uh, reaching out and correcting me on that because I was, I want to make sure I pass along the right information to you all as well. All right, so real quick, got a Maggie update for you. Things aren't going well for the old 14 and a half golden retriever, 14 and a half year old golden retriever. A lot of you guys know, have been following, you know, along with me and Maggie since last two Octobers ago, actually. October 2022, misdiagnosed, and then just, you know, we're going to physical therapy, water physical therapy, and it's been a godsend, and I have no doubt that it's added, added to her quality of life without question. And this is why I tell everyone, get pet insurance. I'm not getting endorsed. I don't get paid, but I'm telling everyone, PetInsurance.com. That's where I tell everyone. I tell the vets, do that. It's, it's ran by Nationwide. So you know it's a legitimate company. And I get, I pay $140 a month or $130 a month for Maggie, which is a lot, but it's only because she's that old. It was usually like 40 bucks a month. But I get 90% reimbursement in a $250 annual deductible. And I can max out up to $7,500. Well, I maxed it out last year because they're covering her kidney dog food and her physical therapy. And, you know, but in the last, and I know I've talked about this since June, there have been many, many times that she just decided she doesn't want to eat. We're in the midst of one of those times right now. So they're going to do an ultrasound on her probably maybe at the end of this week, early next week. And there are, and I appreciate everyone who's always emailed, we'll try this, we'll try that. There's nothing I haven't tried. I was buying ground beef in bulk to boil it for her because it was the only thing that she would eat. And then she decided she didn't want to eat that anymore. But here's the problem. When you have kidney disease, kidney disease is like diabetes in humans. Can't cure it, but you can manage it. You can control it as long as you eat the right things. Well, one of the things you're not supposed to eat if you have early onset kidney disease in a dog is protein. 
boiled chicken and boiled beef, that's pure protein. You're not supposed to have phosphorus and you're not supposed to have sodium. That's why there's special prescription-only dog food that you can get. And Maggie's dog food right now, I'm not even joking, $10 a day is what it costs. $10 a day. Pet insurance covers that. So I'm paying a dollar a day for Maggie's dog food out of pocket because 90% of that $10 is getting reimbursed. So that's why I always say get dog insurance. If your dog is eight years old or older, get dog insurance. Like I said, Maggie's was $40 a month up until three years ago when she went past her life expectancy. A life expectancy for a golden retriever is 11 and a half years. Maggie's 14 and a half. And she's healthy as a horse if she would just damn eat. And she's not eating right now. So giving her medicine, one thing that she's eating, giant milk bones. Those each have 300 calories. Maggie needs about 1,200 calories a day. And so I'm feeding her a lot of milk bones. Now, is it as nutritional? Of, of course not. But you've got to get calories in you. You've got to get caloric intake. Got to get some carbs. And I'm trying to just give her tweet, treats that maybe have nutritional value. But the problem is it's going against her kidney stuff. So we're in the middle of a battle right now trying to figure out what's going on. Because I can get her to eat maybe a half a can of her kidney food. And that's, that's about it. Like today, she's eating about a half a can. Yesterday, she ate a full can but she's supposed to get two cans a day. That's not sustainable, obviously. So that's where we are right now. Like I had my vet visit today at 5.15 p.m. And we were there until 5.45, got Maggie home at 6, got ready, and then just drove straight here. So, but that's where we are right now with Mags. 14 and a half years. Said she's healthy as an ox. Everything's great if she would just eat. And... They're trying to feel, the vet told me today, she's like, Brett, I just feel like there's something that we're missing, and I don't know what it is. We've tried everything. I said, oh, I know. Oh, I know. We've been doing this since June. So they're going to do another ultrasound later this week. That'll be 800 bucks, 600 bucks. Pet insurance. It'll cost me $60 out of pocket. That's why I always tell people, get pet insurance. Get pet insurance for the first two or three years of your dog's life. And then if you want to take a break in the middle, that's fine. Because in the first two, three years, that's when they're active, they're jumping. They might, like, break a leg, rip their ACL, um, eat something they're not supposed to when they're a puppy. And then when they get to about eight years old and you go, okay, now the senior stage has started. That's what I always tell people. All right, everyone, when we come back, let's finish things up because I want to talk a little bit about the Panthers and what the hell's going on over there at Bank of America Stadium. I'm Brett Jensen, and you're listening to Breaking with Brett Jensen. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. All right, welcome to the final moments here. Remaining on Breaking with Brett Jensen. I am Brett Jensen. We're going up until 8 o'clock. 704-570-1110. All right, let's get into the Panthers. So they hired Dan Morgan as their general manager. And on the outside looking in, there's nothing wrong with Dan Morgan. 
he's worked his way up through the ranks exactly how you'd want anyone to do it. Yes, he was a football player, and he had to quit because of all the multiple concussions that he was getting. But at one point, I don't know if he still has a record, but he owned the record. And maybe Tommy can look this up for me real quick. But I know when Dan Morgan played in the Super Bowl, he set the record for the most tackles in the Super Bowl, and I think it was like 15. Is that what Dan Morgan did? 25 tackles? 25 tackles. 25. Jeez, I said I thought it was 15. I short the man 10 tackles. 25 tackles in a Super Bowl. That's insane. He was a madman out there as a linebacker. And you know, but then he worked his way up through like I think scouting and then everything else. And now, but and now he is the general manager and president of you know personnel director, but by and large the GM. Now, according to a couple of reports that were put out there today, David Tepper, his wife Nicole, Christy, uh, the team president, I think is I think it's Christy Swanson, I think. I should know, and I don't. I just her name. I just drew a blank on her name. But the team president for the Panthers, um, Christy Coleman, I think is her name. Christy Coleman, um, I think that's right. So, anyways, but they did the. Yeah, it is Christy Coleman. They did the search, along with like uh, one guy from a search firm. But here's how this works. From someone who has covered umpteen coaching changes in the, the Division I college level, Clemson, South Carolina, North Carolina, University of Georgia, basketball, football, baseball, covered them all. When they hire search firms, here's what they do. They get out of the way. They let the search firm actually do the job. CMS did that. The search firm with CMS narrowed it down to like eight people, and then there, or six people, or seven people, whatever it was. Then they narrowed it down to four. And then the school board, you know, they wound up picking who they wanted to pick, and it wound up being Crystal Hill by a vote of six to three. But in reality, it was, it was the other way around. It was like four or five against, and then things happened and maneuvering. And next thing you know, she's the superintendent with a six to three vote. But you don't hire a search firm to do the search yourself. Like, and they brought in, I think they narrowed it down to three candidates is what they said last week. And then they, just, then they went with Dan Morgan. Now, that's not to say that a search firm, even if the Teppers had nothing to do with it and Chrissy, none of them had anything to do with it, that a search firm wouldn't pick Dan Morgan as one of the final candidates. But all it feels like is that you're just hiring a yes man. And Jeff Rickard over at WFNZ asked me earlier today on air at WFNZ, do I think that Dan Morgan would be a yes man? I said, there's not a person on the planet that wouldn't be a yes man for the right amount of money. Think about it. You know, everyone criticized Michael Jordan for only having yes men. Michael Jordan pays you $5 million a year. You're going to be a yes man? David Tepper pays you $8 million a year to be the general manager and to be a yes man. You're going to be a yes man? Yes, ma'am, you are. Yes, sir, you are. Everyone has a, 
because that doesn't have anything to do with morals or scruples. It's just going, it's just business. That's all it is, business. So to hire within like that and to hire a search firm, but did you really? Like, I guess technically you paid it, but the term from CBS Sports was David Tepper captained the search, like captained the search, led the search. Okay. Are you just, by the way, and I thought about this driving in today. So the Detroit Lions three years ago were what, three and 14. And now they're playing one game away from the Super Bowl. I have a question. I actually thought about this driving over here today, tonight. Because I was listening to sports radio. That's generally what I listen to when I'm driving in the car. And on Sirius XM. And the thought in my my head was, if David Tepper had been the owner of the Detroit Lions, would they have fired Dan Campbell after 3-13? And don't forget, and maybe one of you guys remember off the top of your head, but I want to say they started the next year something like one and six, and then they got in that big roll, big run last year, one and six, one and seven, something like that, two and eight, and then they turned everything around and wound up with like what a nine and eight record or something like that, and then here they are now, one game away. But would David Tepper have fired Dan Campbell when he was three and fourteen in his first year? Just food for thought. All right, everyone, I appreciate listening tonight. Make sure you go to WBT.com. Check everything out in case you missed the early portion of tonight's show about CMS. Trust me, you're going to want to go back and listening to the opening segment on, my, on the CMS and the thoughts and the disarray going on in the finance department. All right, everyone, until next time, I am Brett Jensen, and you've been listening to Breaking with Brett Jensen.